Injured in a car accident? We cap attorney's fees at 30% of the first million. Any recovery above that is all yours. No recovery, no fees or costs. If another lawyer wants more, lawyer up 904. For accidents, injuries, and more, lawyer up 904. Jacksonville. Into the Night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. in my head like a freaking tragedy. Oh, I feel for you. This isn't self-inflicted. This isn't all about me. I've been out all week. I've been out there enjoying the weather. Early February, I've been uh, chipping. I've been putting. I've been working on some short irons, but I feel for you. I do. I mean, tomorrow, it's your day off, right? You're grinding right now. You're getting home. You're like, look at all these morons. They don't know how to merge. You got the Jacksonville rain, which brings the Jacksonville coma. And it doesn't matter the age. It doesn't matter um, anything, right? It's just, uh, it's crowded out there, man. Everything is under construction, no matter which way you're headed. So, enjoy yourself. Head home. We'll try to entertain you here over the next couple of hours, but... You know, I do feel bad if you have a boating excursion scheduled for tomorrow. If you are planning on playing golf like I am tomorrow. If you're planning on taking the kids to the swimming pool or to the beach tomorrow. If you're going shopping and doing things indoors, I could care less. I mean, wow. Yeah, bring your umbrella. You know, one of those type of deals. But I hate it. I do. I hate it for you. I hate it for the hard people who work day in, day out. You look so forward to this weekend. And then Mother Nature does her part. All right. It is the big game weekend. Not going to call it. um, Well, I guess I can call it the Super Bowl weekend. But if you're having a party, it's certainly the big game. It's the big game party. And you know, I got a Valentine's dinner tomorrow night with a bunch of uh, bunch of couples out in St. Aug after my round of golf. So right now, I, I don't even have anything planned. This is like the, uh, I, I can't remember the last time I honestly had nothing planned for Super Bowl Sunday. And it's actually kind of cool uh, because I have a feeling with the knuckleheads that I'm out with tomorrow night that it could get dangerous it could go into the wee hours of the morning uh, in Baloo's bar, and I would be in absolutely no condition for a big game party, even though the game starts, what, at like 6, 6.30, some, something crazy like that. That's the other side of it, is if you are expected to go overboard on Sunday, that's got to be aggravating. I mean, it's kind of cool, honestly, to just kick back and watch a game and listen to a game. And, you know, if you're in charge of hors d'oeuvres or if you're in charge of cocktails or if you're in charge of entertaining all of these people coming in and out of your home, 
I can see where that is being ag- uh, that can be an aggravation. But as of right now, six oh four here on a Friday. I got nothing planned. How about you, JJ? You going to a big game party on Sunday? Hell no, Rick. Well, you know what? Maybe this we... is amateur hour on Sunday. I stay at home. I like to watch the game. I don't like to talk to anybody. Yeah, I'm pretty easy. I don't, I don't want to speak for you, but we can open this up at 641-1010 on the text line by Lifetime Enclosures, and uh, we can Uber and just show up somewhere if you want to invite us like over. Like a listener's house? Or right. My... And, and listen, we, I, don't think it's, <laughs> I don't think it's rude if we let them know right now that we're not going to bring anything. Except for ourselves. I'll bring something special. Oh, yeah? You know what I mean. <laughs> Out the back door? Yeah. Type it. Hey, how was that Rihanna concert, man? <laughs> how was that halftime entertainment? Come when it's over. Yeah. Uh, you're outside thinking, uh, JJ's going to be out thinking, it, wasn't the Who playing? And, you know, wasn't it, uh, I don't know, Prince, uh, whatever. But, you know, this is the end. And for many, it is so sad because football goes away now for a long period of time. I, I, I did see yesterday it was released uh, Florida State's spring schedule with a couple of practices in early March. Then they'll get away for, um, you know, spring break. I think they have two practices before spring break. And then they have about a dozen more before April 15th in the spring game over in God's country. But, you know, for many, it's it's hard. It, and and I don't blame you for it. I, I'll be the first to raise my hand. The Bruins haven't played in 10 days. And this has been really hard for me. And I'm, 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 it's like self-evaluation. I'm like, why has it been hard? I mean, you watch the Bruins play, you know, three days or so a week. But they played on, I, I think they played on a Wednesday or maybe it was a Thursday. And then they took the rest of the week off. And last weekend was the All-Star festivities, and they've gone the entire week where we've had a full slate of games in the NHL from Monday on. They don't play tomorrow until 3 o'clock against the Washington Capitals. So that's 10 days. And, you know, I've kind of find my, found myself kind of kicking things around like, okay, enough's enough. I get it. Now drop the puck. You guys play 82 games. How are you taking 10 days off? For those of you who are football only, hmm. I mean, that's going to be hard on you, okay? We're going to try to come up with some other things to uh, perhaps suggest uh, that you could do during the offseason. Uh, and once again, don't be so quick to give away uh, the months, the weeks, the days, okay? Unfortunately, we see people dying every single day. Enjoy this weekend in February. Enjoy next week in February. I actually think February is a good month. Pitchers and catchers report. We've got the Daytona 500. You know, Tiger Woods announced today that he'll play next week at the Genesis. Obviously, he's been the host there, but Tiger hasn't played since St. Andrews in July. You know, Tiger Woods a year ago played nine competitive rounds, three majors. He, and that was the first time he had played um, since, you know, the crash, he finished 47th at the Masters. He withdrew from the PGA Championship after the third round, and he missed the cut at the Open. Uh, the last regular non-major event that he has played in was back at the 2020 Zozo Championship. So Tiger Woods next week at Riviera. Hey, to me, that's must view. I mean, that is absolutely appointment television. Do we expect Tiger Woods at 47 to come back and make a serious run? 
you know, it's been lost in all this with all of the folks who went to the live. It certainly doesn't make it more difficult for Tiger. Now, we got to find out who's available and not, uh, and who is not available in majors. We, we have seen what is going on with the Masters in, in early April. Uh, we're aware of that. And they are going to be able to play. We're less than 30 days away from the Players' Championship, which forever has been considered a fifth major. And I got to believe last year's champion and everyone else who crossed that line will not be a part of it coming up here in early March with the Players' Championship. All right. David Lamb has said this for decades, and I agree with the guru. I think Monday should be a national holiday. I really do. Why not? Why not give uh, sports is such a huge part of our life. Why not a national holiday on Monday? If you're going to put the game out there that late on a Sunday night, you know, 6, 630, the game doesn't get over till 10. I just spent a couple of minutes talking about family and friends and the parties that you go to. Why not a holiday on that Monday? I know others would say, no, 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 no. You know, give me the first round Thursday. Give me the first round Friday of the NCAA college basketball tournament when you have 16 games on Thursday and you have 16 games on Friday. And, and okay, that, that's exciting. Um, the difference there for me is that I love football a lot more than I do love basketball. So, obviously, it's all subjective, and I have an agenda. I like the game better on the field as opposed to being on the court. Now, I know that with whatever's going I mean, listen, if there's one thing we've learned recently, that if you don't agree with someone, um, it, it, it's more than you just being wrong. You know, let's get personal here. You know, let's start, you know, maybe you can start with my, my body shape. Uh, maybe you can go to the uh, to the fact that my neck is actually shrunken in my shoulders. That's available for you. If we're on YouTube right now. I'll take off these. Have you seen? We are. You look great. If you notice the size of these earlobes, I never really talk about. Look at these bad boys. I mean, they are legitimately, mm. I could lose five pounds you know, I know Hicken had a back wax yesterday. If, if we came in here and snipped off or opened it up and oh. stuck one of those earrings in there, you know, like some of the- Like a gauge? The, like some of the freaks have. The gauges. I'd lose five pounds on both my left side and noticed. right side of my head. Never noticed. Yeah. But you know well, what's even weirder is the people who have like none. Well, that maybe that. That's uh, good. Hey, they're crazy. Hey, you know, I, I'm going to Costa Rica in a week. <laughs> I, I need to lose 10 pounds. Yeah, snip off my earlobes. <laughs> Uh, that'd be the best way for it. So if you don't agree with the Monday holiday, I have two options for you. Blame David Lamb because I got the idea from him or come at me and tell me why. I always love the other side. I love the complaint. You know, I love it. And somehow I have a feeling this is going to be politically motivated. Uh, we'll see. Uh, will the woke crowd let me have it. With a conservative crowd, let me have it. Will those who've been getting out of the rack after Super Bowl Sunday for the last 57 Super Bowl Sundays, and they're going to do it again on Monday, tell me that I do not know what I'm talking about. Hey, it's free for you, and we enjoy the entertainment. 641-1010, best way to get us. That is on the text line brought to you by 
lifetime enclosures. All right, a lot to do after last night. Um, Today, it was announced, Chad Hall, wide receiver coach. I did not know an awful lot about this young man. I, I did go back and forth with Adam Kaplan, who I've known for a very long period of time. And Kaplan, to me, is one of the better NFL insiders. You know, he's he's not there with Rappaport and and um, Schefter and, and guys like that. But texting me back and forth today, and I mentioned Chad Hall, and I was like, well, tell me a little bit about him. He was here for like a week uh, in like 2014, 2015, when he was trying to make the Jaguars as a wide receiver. But Adam Kaplan told me flat out today, he poss- he is possibly – the best wide receiver coach in the NFL. He loves his players, and more importantly, his players love him. So, Keenan McCardell, I think, was the individual that that most wanted back here. And I even presented, you know, a possibility of, you know, Keenan has interviewed for the offensive coordinator position at a couple of places, including in Tampa Bay. We know that Jim Bob Cooter here has interviewed for the offensive coordinator for a couple of places, including Carolina, uh, including, uh, obviously, Tampa Bay. We it, it seems like so many of these decisions have really been slowed down. I mean, Jim Ursay earlier in the week said this is going to take days, not hours. And the thinking is that it's probably Jeff Saturday who's going to hang on to that job, which I – I just can't believe it. Gus Bradley, there have been reports the teams have tried to interview Gus Bradley, who would become a very popular candidate for the defensive coordinator position around the league, and that that has been blocked. Um, and regardless of who the coach is, he will remain as a defensive coordinator. And I think it works with Gus because he's so likable and his personality really resonates with about everyone but I've I've never liked that in general okay if you're gonna blow it up you blow it up if the coach elects to keep some coaches with you well that's another thing and you know we saw that with Doug Peterson he elected to keep a couple of position coaches on this staff when he was hired one year ago. But anyway, my point was, if you lost Jim Bob Cooter, you lost Chris Jackson, your wide receiver, he's now the passing game coordinator at Texas. If Jim Bob got that job, yeah, I was kind of hoping for maybe a two for one. Could you give McCardell, you know, a glorified title and make him the passing game coordinator slash wide receivers coach? Could that have worked? Um, Apparently that's not the case. Instead, it is Chad Hall, young guy, I do not know a lot about him, but I did a little bit of digging earlier today, and I was absolutely blown away by the review. Apparently, this is a huge hiring today for Doug Peterson. And, you know, I can think back two years ago where, honestly, Jacksonville may have had the worst position coach in all of the NFL in Sanjay Lau. Okay? He had no respect um, from Urban Meyer. He had no respect for his wide receiver core. I, I watched him throw the tablet. Uh, I'll never forget the route, the wheel route that Chenault ran. And Lawrence missed him. 
Okay, Lawrence just flat out missed him, and he went in a different direction. And Lavisco was wide open. Okay, and I I was the reporter. I was right behind the bench, and, and I knew it was big. And this was. I don't want to say timid Travis. I don't want to say timid Travis. This was rookie Travis. This, this was earning your, you know, earning your keep. Um, early in his career, Trevor absolutely would not get in anyone's face. It was all his fault. And if someone else made a mistake, always a pat on the back type of guy. Again, he's a rookie. I, I don't think you would expect anything else. We, we did see his transition this year where he showed emotion. He threw the helmet. He got fired up. Where, where did he walk? What game was it again when he walked on and he waved at the fans? Where was that again? Do you remember, JJ? All these games seem to run together for him. Remember when he came off the bench and waved? Was it at Houston? What was the game where they had like uh, at, when they were kneeling the ball at the end? Was it the Jets? Yeah, you had a little bit. I thought I think it was the New York Jets. It was that same game, I think. Maybe it was. Maybe it was. But but anyway, we we saw him grow as a leader. Okay, and then you look at his love letter two days ago. I mean, my God! I mean, this guy at the age of twenty three. Titans fans. It, it was absolutely unbelievable. Was it in Nashville? Yes. Okay, uh, but anyway, going back to that play, they weren't on the same page, and. Trevor walks over and gets to Chenault and tells him that is 100% my fault. I missed it. And then Lau is there with Chenault, and they're talking about how it could have been a better route, but they're on the tablet. And then out of nowhere, someone had to inform Urban Meyer that they were no longer on defense and that they were now on defense. And I literally watched Urban plus stop on his cassette tape, and from what I understand, he was listening to old-school Pink Floyd, like Relics or Metal, you know, some stuff like that. He walks over. My personal favorite. Yeah, Metal's very good. And and he walks over and just lights up, just lights him up, both Lau and Chenault. And this is 20 seconds after Lawrence walked over and said, that was me. That was my fault. Well, Myra came over, set his deal about five, you know, maybe five to seven seconds worth of a, a of a, a, you know, a grounding, you know, just just letting it all out. He turns around, takes four steps, and there it goes. Sanjay Lau with the tablet and and Laviska Chanel with the shaking of the head. Uh, it was pretty cool. It was pretty cool to witness that and. You could also feel at that particular time just how incredibly bad things were here in Jacksonville. All right, got off case or get off. I did get off just a little bit uh, as far as what I was uh, talking about topic-wise, but uh, hey, that's going to happen every once in a while. Anyway, um, Chad Hall, don't know a lot about him. We're going to find out more, but my understanding, again, is that today's hire is a very good one. For the Jaguars. Before we hit our first break, let me tell you this, all right? This is my honest opinion, and and, and this is why this offseason, even though it's going to be so lengthy for you, it's so different from a year ago. For instance, I'm going to talk about these odds a little bit on the other side. You see today the Jaguars' odds to win the Super Bowl next year is 25-1. to You know, last year at this time, Jacksonville was 100 
to one to win the Super Bowl. They're 25 to one right now. And my guess is if you think it's going to happen, you better get on it sooner than later. These odds aren't going to 30 and 35. Uh-uh. They're going to drop to 22 or, or to 20. I just really believe um, that that is going to, in fact, be the case. So uh, that is what is really neat about this. Also, what is really cool about this is, is back to Trevor and back to, you know, Chris Jackson and, and whether or not Jim Bob Cooter leaves. What Jacksonville has this year that they haven't had around here in a very long period of time is stability and leadership. Stability, okay? Every offseason at this time, we're talking about, well, we have a new coach. Well, we have a new offensive coordinator. Well, we have a new quarterback. Well, we have new this. We have new that. Uh Uh-uh. It's the same system. Stability for Trevor Lawrence. He went from his final year at Clemson to a brand-new offense when he got here in the NFL, to a brand-new offense in year two. If Cooter remains with Taylor, McCoy, and obviously Peterson, think about all the advantages that this team is going to have on the offensive side when they want to start to install that much more offensively. Okay, you got to figure out tight end. You got to figure out a couple of offensive line positions. We know that Ridley can apply next week on February 15th, but let that one sink in for a moment. Number two is the whole leadership situation. I mean, there's been so, leadership has been so bad around here. It's been awful, especially on offense, except for this past year when we saw Trevor grow. And Example after example after example, we've witnessed it. The letter he wrote this week, I mean, the guy's 23, won't be 24 until October. But everyone knows that he is now the leader of this football team. Look at what his players are saying about him right now, whether it's offensive or defensive players out in Arizona. It's just incredible. So for you, the you know, the Jaguar fan, this has got to be, even though there's going to be some it's going to be a long period of time for you. Uh, nonetheless, man, I mean, th- th- this should be just incredible uh, to have this. So anyway, take it with you and enjoy. All right, opening comments brought to you by Schmunez Vision. Known Dr. Neil Schmunez forever. We're talking about 37 years worth of experience. They're a family organization. They focus on personal high-quality medical and surgical eye care. You know, I, I, I got to say this. There's... um there's so much we don't know about our eyes, right? And whenever you visit a doctor, they're going to they're gonna look at you, they're going to you know, give you an exam, and they're going to tell you what's good and what's bad. When it comes to the eyes, I think there's a lot of misfortune out there. I think there's a lot of tomfoolery out there where someone's going to try to sell you on this, someone's going to try to sell you on that. And the point I'm trying to make is, the most expensive process isn't always the right process for you. It changes for every single human being. You may be north of 50. You may have cataracts. You're being told you need cataract surgery. Hey, go to Schmunez Vision. There may be a way around it. Just because you have cataracts doesn't mean you need cataract surgery. What about laser eye surgery? What about never having to deal with any of this nonsense again? Glasses, readers, 
contacts, you could be a candidate for laser eye surgery. I wish I was. I, I am not. Make an appointment today. They are simply the best. They're down at the beach, 299-2906. Or go to schmunezvision.com. Once again, 299-2906. Or go to schmunezvision.com. Care you can see. We got a ton to do, including a lot of props in about 25 minutes with the Philly Rooster. Alongside JJ, it's great to have you with us. My name is Rick Belluta. Into the Night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. All right, Pro Bowl announced, uh, excuse me, the, um, screw the Pro Bowl, the Hall of Fame announced one night ago. And a little bit surprised, as I knew I would, by the final results. Uh, I was hoping for a one, if not two, wide receivers. I want to kind of, you know, get through that log jam uh, to help get Jimmy Smith into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Last night did not do Jimmy uh, any favors. Again, I think Fred Taylor is two to three years away. Jimmy's probably seven or so years away. But you needed at least one to get in last night, whether it be Torrey Holt, Reggie Wayne, or Andre Johnson. 0 for 3, if you missed it, Okay, it was Rondé Barber who got in, who, as I said yesterday, was a really good football player, but in my mind, he was probably, what, fourth best, fifth best defensive player on those Buccaneer teams? And you already have three Hall of Famers, right? Brooks, Sapp, and Lynch, and you had some others who played well including Simeon Rice. Daryl Rivas got in, actually, you know, saw that one coming. Um, not surprised along with Joe Thomas. Uh, I had those two right. I had DeMarcus Ware right. Uh, spoke a lot on Zach Thomas. I had a feeling he would get in, but I was hoping for a wide receiver. I also thought that you could have seen Devin Hester go, even though he was a special teams guy. That did not take place. Uh, some veterans got in. Joe Klecko, Chuck Howley, Don Coryell, and real happy for Ken Riley. Ken Riley, you know, I obviously Bobby Bowden gave me the full access to his program when I was over there. Ken Riley retired from FAMU in 93 and became the school's athletic director. I'm not going to sit here and try to tell you that I knew Ken Riley well. I did have some meetings with him. Um, the coach who replaced him, Billy Joe, I, I really knew well, the late Billy Joe. I was a huge fan of, uh, of Billy Joe. But Ken Riley had 65 interceptions. Ken Riley, when he retired, was like behind Dick the Night Train Lane and Paul Krause for the most interceptions in the history of the game. And I'm like, how did he not get in? And to kind of think about or to think about how Jacksonville has been victimized as small market, well, Cincinnati, as far as I know, the only other Hall of Famer that they have is Anthony Munoz. Cincinnati was almost, I mean, Kenny Anderson was a really good quarterback back in the day. You you look at his numbers, and not going to compare to today's numbers, but for those who remember that era of football, 
Ken, and- uh, Ken, and- Ken Anderson was incredibly accurate and, you know, did some, uh, did some good things. So on a personal side, yeah, I was happy to see that. It's, uh, it's unfortunate that he did pass a couple of years ago, but I, I know this is a big moment for the Riley family, and that includes folks in Cincinnati and, and includes folks over at FAMU uh, in Tallahassee. Next year, it doesn't get any easier. Antonio Gates is absolutely going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Uh, Julius Peppers is absolutely going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. I mean, he's fourth all-time in sacks with 159.5. We spent a moment last night breaking down the three rush ends. I went with DeMarcus Weirdo got in. Well, he had 138.5 sacks. You had Jaron Allen with 136, and you had Dwight Freeney first year on the ballot, 125.5. Obviously, Allen and Freeney will be on the ballot next year, but let's add Julius Peppers now with 159.5 sacks, part of the all-decade team. He's going to get in. Gates is going to get in. And then I think that's it. You know, Eric Berry is a safety. That's a tough position to get in. You had Leroy Butler a year ago. He made five Pro Bowls. He made three first-team All-Pros. He was part of the All-Decade team, uh, but his career wasn't as extensive as some other safeties. I think Eric Berry has a real good shot of getting into the Hall of Fame. I do not think he will be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Brandon Marshall, no. Jamal Charles, the former Jaguar, right? We talked about that yesterday. More than 1,000 carries, running backs only. The all-time leader, average per carry, is is Jamal Charles, okay? It's not Jim Brown. It's not Gail Sayers, and, you know, we marvel over Fred Taylor, who averaged 4.6 a carry. That is so far above so many running back Hall of Famers that have already been enshrined. But Jamal Charles, man, Jamal averaged 5.4 a carry. Just didn't play very long. Yeah. Didn't, didn't give you Only, enough. Only uh, 1,400, or excuse me, 7,500 yards, you know, 1,400 carries. Played about 10 years-ish. Will Baselli help him? Oh, I think he helps all these kind of guys. But if you're going to put Jamal Charles in, I mean, there's <sighs> Fred Taylor's got to go in before him, right? There's more. Uh, I know average yards, like you said, it's completely different, but. Right. There's more longevity with Tiki Barber. There's more longevity with Steven Jackson. Fred Taylor had a longer career, but, you know, everyone listening here knows that Fred Taylor missed a lot of games. Yeah. And only and one hurt Pro Bowl, uh, four Pro Bowls for Jamal Charles. Yep. Mm-hmm. And he did lead the league in rushing, which Fred never did. I just don't think he had enough. Oh, I, touchdown I leader he led one year. Sorry. Yeah. I don't think he had enough carries. I don't think he had enough yardage. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as I know, and I may be wrong with this, I think the least amount of games in the Hall of Fame are Dwight Stevenson, Gail Sears, and Tony Baselli. Jamal Charles will enter that if he becomes the fourth guy. Certainly, I don't see it being a first ballot, uh, but... Who knows? Uh, it'd be interesting to see how he's recognized. And, and that's it. You got Andrew Luck, Doug Baldwin, Jordy Nelson, Sebastian Janikowski, Kyle Williams, Darren Woodson. Woodson's interesting. He made five Pro Bowls. Mm, I, I, you know, I just, 
I, I, I do not know. Okay, so we're talking now about some of the holdovers. Woodson is a holdover along with Dwight Freeney, Patrick Willis, James Harrison, Rodney Harrison, Jared Allen, Devin Hester, Reggie Wayne, Andre Johnson, Steve Smith, Torrey Holt, Heinz Ward, Anquan Bolden, Vince Wilfork, Robert Mathis, Willie Anderson, and Albert Lewis. Where in the heck is Fred? He was he was part of the 25. Why didn't he get ink here? Uh-oh. We have to do a little bit of investigative work here. Where did I get this? I got this out of Chicago. He's already off some of these lists. Yeah, I got. I mean, we're gonna have to di- we're gonna have to take a, de- a diver deep here, or a, a deeper dive here. Look at me. I'm all tongue tied. I'm so flustered. I I want Freddie in the Hall of Fame, just like you want Freddie in the Hall of Fame. Let me check this again before we bring in the Philly Rooster. All right. In addition to the first timers, uh, there are candidates who weren't selected for induction in 2023 who could return to the ballots next year. He was Darren Woodson. Dwight Freeney, Pat Willis, James Harrison, Rodney Harrison, Jared Allen, Devin Hester, Reggie Wayne, Andre Johnson, Steve Smith, Torrey Holt, Heinz Ward, and Anquan Bolden. I mean, you got to get these receivers in. They they all so gonna get many of them. Yeah, they all gonna get in if Jimmy's gonna get in. These guys gotta get in. That's why you needed one last night. And I and I I, I hate it for. I mean, we're four years away from Larry Fitzgerald. But he's obviously going to get in. First ballot, no uh, doubt. Vince Wilfork, Robert Mathis, Willie Anderson, Albert. Look, they have totally neglected Fred Taylor. This left them. Was left them clean. Left this. All right. If if one of those two gets in, who do you think it'll be? Who? Fred and Jimmy. Fred. Fred needs to get in in the next four years before Frank Gore and Adrian Peterson. Okay, I think Fred stacks up better than Charles. I think Fred stacks up better than Steven Jackson. I think Fred stacks up better. So you think he has an easier road to get in? Yes. But do you think he is more deserving than Jimmy career-wise? That is a that is a six-pack minimum conversation. <laughs> and we only have an hour and 20 minutes left in this show. Well, not saying I couldn't drink a six pack in an hour and twenty yeah, minutes, but we got Who the Philly. We, talking about? we got the Philly Rooster waiting. You know what, JJ? Th- that is a that is a lengthy conversation because I almost feel like it's fifty one forty nine Fred. Mm. But what's going to hurt Jimmy is is some of that off the field stuff. And and again, unfortunately, I can't just say who deserves to be in without looking at the others who aren't in. And it's so obvious right now that with Jimmy Smith, man, there are six to seven to eight other wide receivers who need to get in. With Fred Taylor, in my opinion, he's next. There isn't another running back. Tiki Barber's not next. Jamal Charles is not next, okay? Steven Jackson is not next. For me, at running back, next is Fred Taylor. Where at wide receiver, for Jimmy, best case scenario, he's probably seventh or eighth. All right, we got to take a break. We got to do that. Let's bring in the Philly Rooster. Let's have some fun with some props. As always, we do invite your input. The best way to do it is on our text line. The number is 641 1010, and it's brought to you by Lifetime Enclosure.
Into the Night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. All right, getting a lot of response on a holiday tomorrow or make that Monday. Both in support of. Others saying no way because it's a private entity. Others say this move President's Day up late. We wouldn't get off regardless. No. No, we wouldn't. We would be here to talk. But you it's, just care about the people. Yeah, it's not about me. Okay. You know that. I'm the opposite. I'm like, if I don't get off, screw everyone else. No, we're not off for President's Day either. I no. mean, no, we're 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 here for you. You know, we're here for reaction. But uh, we want to see you get a day off. Super Bowl much more important than past or present presidents, as far as I'm concerned. As far as I'm concerned, it's all about the people, right? That's why someday, I'm telling you right now. I am going to run for office. Now, another interview on the Farrah and Farrah phone line, brought to you by the accident attorneys at Farrah and Farrah. Right, Philly Rooster, you got to be a good liar in order to run for office. I don't think there's any doubt about that. How (laughs) you doing, man? How you doing? You're you're the eternal worker, man. You're there (laughs) for the people. I love it. (laughs) How are you, Philly Rooster? I'm good. I just can't believe football season is going to be over in two days. It's just amazing. It's the quickest 18 weeks, 19 weeks of the year. Yeah. And, you know, for a second year, we've added a week and we added a couple of wild card games, but it is going to be difficult on a lot of people. Uh, I did notice that in with some services, you know, the Jaguars last year at this point were 100 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. Right now, they're 25 to 1. I know that you know, for instance, I know I did did you do a Philly preseason hit on Philly this year like the Philly Godfather? I did. Yeah, we both took 30 to 1. <laughs> um and I have uh definitely have the Jags on my radar for possible future. I just hope it doesn't drop any more. Mhm. Well, uh, what's the timing on this? I mean, do you take a flyer now? Do you wait through free agency and the draft not only for Jacksonville's sake, but you know, for every other team within the division and maybe even the conference, what's your philosophy on that? I always wait through the draft at least. Um, And then if something really catches my eye, I'll hit it then. But generally, I'm more of a early summer guy, like June, July, where I make my final selection and then hit a future. Mm -hmm. Because you can feel it here. I mean, it's, it's come out of Phoenix, this week, and you could feel it here. I mean, this isn't going to go to thirty to one or thirty-five to one. You know, it's going to go down to twenty-two to one or, or twenty to one. So, I guess if you feel that way for Jacksonville, you probably would be wise to make that move relatively soon. Yeah, I don't think you'll see much movement um, in the next couple months unless something crazy happens. So, I think that twenty-five to one is going to hang around for a while. But, yes, I agree. Sooner rather than later because it's only going down. Uh, Last night, Patrick Mahomes got the MVP. The last nine MVPs have lost the Super Bowl. Man, you got to go back to 1999 when Kurt Warner won it, and then the Rams won the Super Bowl. I know it's a trend, and I know that trends can be absurd at times. uh, But overall, give us your feeling on the game Sunday. Who do you like? Well, you know, I it's very hard in this situation not to bet with your heart. But, you know, this game opened uh, in some spots. The Chiefs were as much as a one-point favorite. 
it quickly went to the Eagles favored. Um, and it was as high as two. Now it's sitting one and a half. About uh, 60% of the bets and 59% of the money are on Philadelphia. Um, I just think in this game, which I think is going to be a close game, you have to go with coach quarterback. And I mean, it's a clear advantage for Kansas City here. I think both quarterbacks are hobbled a little bit. Um, but with the public money on Philadelphia, I am leaning Kansas City. I'm going to be taking plus two on Kansas City if I can get it. It's amazing. I how do you how do you separate? I mean, you're a Philly guy. How do you separate those two points taking Kansas City to your your lifelong favorite team? Is it is there ever a is there ever a time, Philly Rooster, where you say, now nah, I'm gonna leave it alone and not play it? Or is it no, forget about that. I have an opportunity to make money here. Yeah, I'm a numbers guy. I, I tell you all the time, Lee. I I see numbers. I am an actually an Eagles fan if I don't have a bet on the game. But if I have one dollar on the other side, my family knows. I'll watch the game alone if I have to. We, <laughs> <laughs> I'm a professional better. It's how we pay the bills. So they don't bother me. They they understand it. But yeah, for me, it's the numbers. I think that grabbing them as an underdog, which has never happened before, Andy Reid. Uh, just and the best quarterback on earth. I just can't see how the Eagles are favored here. You know what? It's the reason why I took Kansas City. I said I think they have a better coach, and I think they have a better quarterback. Uh, certainly, the ditch is is uh, is very intriguing because the offensive and defensive line clearly does favor Philadelphia in this one. Talking with the Philly Rooster, Philly Rooster, uh, throw out your information out there so our listeners can get a hold of you. At Philly Rooster on Twitter, follow the Rooster Hotline. We've been on absolute fire in college basketball. And uh, the phillygodfather.com for, uh, you know, the premium moves that we're right now, we're over 65% college basketball for the season. Wow. That, that is fantastic. All right. How about props here? What's your overall, I forget from a season ago, what's your overall philosophy on props? Uh, I. I like props. I think it's fun. Um, it's very hard to find an advantage numbers wise. And like I always preach, I'm a numbers guy. So it's hard for me to make bets that aren't plus expected value, which is basically where you're going to beat the closing line value. But I do dabble. So I, I, I'm, I'm going to give your listeners my four best. Okay. Um, my four biggest bets. So I, I have Mahomes' longest completion under. 37 and a half with this Eagles defensive back. I think he's going to have trouble with, with long passes. I think he's going to be going over the middle a lot to Kelsey. So under 37 and a half there minus one ten. Interesting. Uh, now, now, obviously that's run and catch. Yeah. running or, or catch and run. I should say. Yeah. Okay. Catch him. Yep. All right. Uh, Mahomes first quarter TD pass plus one sixty five. One thing with Andy Reid. When he comes out of a bye week, his first two drives are like a, a Broadway play. He's got them planned. I love that when he was the Eagles coach. You were sure to score on your first two drives. And I think that's going to happen here, especially if they get the ball first. I think they're going to catch the Eagles a little bit off guard there because they're Coach doesn't have the same experience that these guys have in a big game like this. So a first-half touchdown pass, you're actually getting plus 165 and a dollar? First quarter. Yeah, oh, first quarter. Okay, yeah, first, first quarter. quarter. I thought I heard first half, and then I know you explained the first two drives. Okay, that makes a little bit more sense. Continue on. 
Uh, Kelsey receiving yards under 79 and a half. I think all the talk about this Kelsey with, you know, over receptions, over yards, oh, it's too much. This game, this line opened 77 and a half. It's up to 79 and a half, and you can get plus 105. That's too many yards. They are definitely going to be zooming in on him. Um, and with all the pressure on the quarterback, I think they're going to be shorter passes and they're going to go for less yards. So I like Kelsey under here. I know it's very unpopular. Probably everybody else you talk to said go over, but I like the under there. All right, under. So uh, three are in so far from the Philly Rooster, and you said you have one more for us. One more, and this is the long shot, but I like it. Uh, first player to score. If the Eagles get the ball first, I think Sirianni's going to want to make a, a statement here. A.J. Brown plus 7-1. to one. Okay. Um, I And I think that might be where he would go to try and make a statement. Hmm. So I like A.J. Brown first to score plus 700. Very interesting. All right, so let me make sure I have this right now. Mahomes under 37.5 as far as a uh, catch and run. You have Mahomes plus 165 to throw a passing touchdown in the first quarter. You have Kelsey under 79.5 yards uh, for the game, 79.5 total uh, receiving yards for the game. And then first to score with 7-1 to one odds, you're going to take A.J. Brown. Those, That's it. Those are your four. Let's get them, Rick. Hey, Philly Rooster, uh, once again, please, your info for our listeners. At Philly Rooster uh, on Twitter, like I said, follow the, the – the early hotline, it's free. Uh, I give them out every day, and they do nothing but win, honestly. Mm. And then the phillygodfather.com for a premium move. We bet all year round. Uh, about to get really fired up for the tournament in uh, March, and uh, college basketball is our thing. No doubt about it. Hey, thank you so much. What a phenomenal fall and winter. Really enjoyed it once again, and obviously I know I'll have you back right around March Madness when that tips off. But uh, best of luck with your plays coming up this weekend. Thanks, my friend. You as well. Talk to you soon. There he goes. The Philly Rooster, ladies and gentlemen. Interesting. You know, JJ, look at all these props. I, I'm convinced that they keep adding props because I, I think part of the process here is to really drive the gambler crazy because you look at them and some of them look easy. And then you see another one, then you see another one, then There's you see too another many. one. Yeah, and, and I think that that's the reason why they do it. And I, you can't even find the one you want. Like, when you find a good one, you're like, oh, I'm going to come back to that one and bet it later in the weekend. And it's like, oh, that's impossible to it's find. It's like all these knuckleheads I go drinking with. They're looking for, you know, old daddy's uh, toilet-made, uh, you know, prison uh, IPA. IPA. And I'm like... Just give me a Miller Lite, bro, and everything's good. I got nothing to worry about. Everything's easy. I know how it goes in. I know how it goes out. Same with me. I'm taking KC plus one and a half. <laughs> That's my bet. Tonight. All right. Send me a prop, people. Send me a prop. Right, a two for one. As a matter of fact, I'm going to ask you a question as we begin the 7 o'clock hour. I, I, I put unlimited amounts of time <laughs> and effort into this question, and I will ask J.J. LaSelva about it next. Into the Night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. All right, we got another hour until 8. Hacker Nation will join you. Our final hour before the Super Bowl. 
We'll be back Monday uh, to review it all. I, I'm just looking at Jacksonville being 25 to 1, tied for eighth. And the movement, uh, it has happened. Kansas City remains the overall favorite. They were this year. You know, last year at this time, the Eagles were, or the Eagles had the 18th longest odds out of 32 teams in the NFL. I mean, me and you were questioning Jalen Hurts up until absolutely right now. I think we're still questioning Jalen. Well, I, I, you know, you and I have been consistent. We're, we're both, we're both picking the underdog here. We're both picking Kansas City. It feels weird to call him an underdog, but yes. Um, we made our preseason picks. You and I both picked Kansas City to win the Super Bowl in August, and we're staying with it now. I had him over Green Bay. I had him over the Rams. So our Super Bowl matchup pick looks sort of crappy, but yeah. our winner looks great. Two teams who obviously there with Green Bay and in, uh, in L.A., two teams that didn't even make it to the playoffs uh, this year. But 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 uh, before we get to the uh, what I said I was going to ask J.J., just for those of you who are wondering, the 2024 Super Bowl odds, all right, a year from Sunday's game. KC six to one, Buffalo and Philly seven to one, San Fran eight to one, Cincinnati nine to one, Dallas fourteen to one. You have LAC right ahead of Jacksonville at twenty two to one. They just love throwing Dallas in there. What a joke! I mean, Jacksonville came from behind and beat Dallas. They came from behind and beat LA, but they have them both ahead of them. Hmm, interesting. Came from behind and beat Baltimore. 25 to 1, there are uh, five teams Baltimore, Denver, Jacksonville, Las Vegas, and the New York Jets. What the Ew. hell does that mean? Well, that means Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. That means they don't want to put it at 100 to 1 odds. And then all of a sudden, Aaron Rodgers gets signed tomorrow or traded or whatever. And then you're screwed if you're Vegas. They end up winning. Same thing with Dallas, I think, is. They give Dallas sort of a lower number than they deserve at 14 to 1. They should be like 30 to 1. But they know Dallas has so many fans, there's going to be so many people betting on them that they don't want to get caught with their pants down, you know, uh, with these like 50 to 1 odds and a bunch of people betting and they end up losing and have to pay out. It's all about how much money they're bringing in. You know, like with these lines, you can't possibly tell me that the Cowboys are like the fifth best team going into next season. You know what is remarkable? This is this is just incredible if you look at it, okay? The AFC South, the odds that are out now, and, and don't kid yourself for a moment, they know what they're doing. Now, there are always examples where they can get burnt, like Philadelphia, that was eighteen to one, or mm. or eighteen as far as the odds. Philadelphia last year, as far as their far as their odds were were forty to one, but that was now. You heard the Philly Rooster uh, just tell us that when he put it in, he got Philadelphia at at thirty to one. But listen to this: you have Tennessee tied for twenty sixth at sixty six to one. You have Indianapolis at thirtieth at eighty to one. And you have Houston dead last, 32nd in the NFL at 150 to 1. Those are the three teams. That means Jacksonville's got to be a huge favorite to win the, oh my the division. I'll try to find it. It's going to be enormous. And, and it gets even better because they have four games 
against the NFC South, right? Atlanta, 55 to 1. Carolina, 66 to 1. All right, Tampa Bay, 50 to 1. Uh, who did I leave out of there? That would be New Orleans. The uh, they're higher. They're, they're 33 to 1. Uh, for those of you wondering, last year at this time, Jacksonville was 100 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. They were tied with the New York Giants, 29th in the NFL. The only teams that were worse, the Jets at 125 to 1, and the Lions and Texans at 150 to 1. That is just insane and this means so much because these people know what they're talking about I can see someone right now say well blue if they knew what they were talking about they wouldn't have had Jackson at 100 to 1 last year if they went out and won the AFC South well you're right about that but it's 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 nuts you've got from 100 to 25 all right JJ by the way, real quick, think about how far the Titans have fallen from the number one seed last year now they're 66 to one odds yeah people forget that because you know, Cincinnati knocked off uh, KC. They forget that Tennessee was actually the number one seed. Easy to forget. Yeah. Who is the best? And with apologies, this is from the merger on. So with apologies to Otto Graham and, and, and to the great Jim Brown and others, who is the greatest football player to never have won a Super Bowl? Um, I know I put you on the I spot. I guess quarterback-wise is probably what I'm thinking. Um, Jim Kelly's got to be up there. Dan Marino is above him. Um, I'd rank Marino second. Behind? I have a position player. I'd put one. Barry I, Sanders. Bingo. I don't even think it's close. I don't even think it's and and, and and they won like one playoff game with right. him. Not not only did they not win a Super Bowl, they didn't even get close. They didn't even sniff a Super Bowl. Right. I think if I was ranking it, I'd probably go Barry Sanders, and then do I go Randy Moss or do I go Dan Marino? And I may go Marino only because you can really make a case for Calvin Johnson at number four. To me, there's a drop-off from Marino to Tarkington, Kelly, and Warren Moon. Those are four quarterbacks I would rank in the top ten. But, yeah, for me, it's Barry Sanders. And it's, frankly, it's not even close. Randy Moss. Moss would be either two or three. Uh, Earl Campbell is a guy that would probably be my second back. I'm trying to think if there's even anyone else. Who are that, like the best players? Uh, Thurman Thomas was great. Um, trying to think of some of those Bills. To, Bruce. Those are the two. Yeah, as you, you know. Yeah, Bruce, Bruce Smith. Yeah, James Loft. Uh, Bruce Smith. Uh, yeah. I mean, no doubt. When, when you get to defensive players, you have to get to. Lawrence Taylor won one, correct? Lawrence Taylor won, won a couple with the Giants. Giants. Right? Yeah. You know, Ray Lewis won one. Brooks won one. You're thinking of great defensive players. Singletary won it. Ray Lewis won two. Yep. Um, it, but th- that that would be primarily, you know, my list. Now, we, we, we basically have neglected, you know, the offensive line and defensive line outside of Bruce Smith. Um, but I think that would be 
that would be the rankings. I, I, I mean, some say the greatest guard in the history of the NFL is John Hanna. Okay, he, he didn't win, he didn't win a ring. Uh, I know that for sure. I mean, there's only so much you can do if you're a lineman. Mm-hmm. You know, you can beat your one guy every single play and still be Joe Thomas and be on like a one in fifteen team. Uh, the twenty six ninety six just said Adrian Peterson. I probably rank him second or third at running back. I, I would rank him behind Barry Sanders. Boy, it'd be a healthy argument with him or Earl Campbell, though. It, it it really. I mean, Peterson's got the better numbers. He played longer, but you just look at the game and the style and the way that Earl handled things. Man, it's it's pretty tough to overlook. I obviously him. didn't get to see him play. Mm-hmm. Um, but the first like ten years of. Peterson's career were outrageous. Oh, he was insane. I mean, the first year of his career. Right. I think he didn't he like break the all time or uh, the uh, single game rushing record in his rookie season? It's... Right there in Phoenix, okay, where this year's Super Bowl is. And, and I was back here in Jacksonville. It, it, I want to say it was like the 2007, 2006, 2007. Maybe 2008. I don't know. I've been to so many of these. But we were in Phoenix for the Super Bowl. And this was when I was on from 9 until noon, okay, with Donna Murphy. Donna Murphy Ballou or Donna Ballou Murphy. And so that means I was done at 11 o'clock Phoenix time, okay? I, I think it was 11. 2008, by the way. It, it was 2008. What, it, what is Phoenix right now? What time is it? Are they two, two hours, hours behind us? So it's 5 o'clock. Okay, so. 10 o'clock was when you got it off. It was 10 a.m. It was 10 a.m. And, you know, so the show was over, and as you, as you do on Radio Row, I'm, I'm, I'm walking around trying to help out to get some other interviews for some of the shows that are coming on after us. And, and, and stuff like that, and also trying to set up, you know, guests uh, for the very next day and just all of this and all of that. And finally, I'm, like, ready to shut it down. It, it must have been, like, you know, 12 or 1 or something. I kicked it around for two or three hours, gotten something to eat, whatever, and I'm like, yeah, I'll just go back to the hotel room now, grab a shuttle. As I'm walking out, and I remember it was a reporter who was from England, and he, because the kid wouldn't shut up, man. This kid just kept talking and talking and talking and talking and talking. But anyway, so I'm leaving, and this Hooters waitress hands me a card, okay, and says, We're opening a brand new Hooters in downtown Phoenix. Would you like to go? And you I'm had kinda, that certain look about you. Oh, yeah. That a Hooters waitress was like, this is a guy. And this like, is a patron of ours. And I'm like, oh, yeah, 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 sure. I'll just take it. And it's one of those things where, you know, you take it, and I figured I'd put it in my pocket, and it'd be no big deal. And it was like, I'm, you know, I'm kind of smiling, and yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll see if I can check it out. And she goes, well, if you want to take a limo right now, we'll bring you to Hooters, and it's free food and free drinks. What? Yeah, I swear. At 10 in the morning. No, I, I had walked around oh, for okay, three okay. hours, so, so it was like 1, one thirty in the afternoon, Still something awesome. like that. So they put me in a limo with this, <laughs> this guy from England who just was asking me a thousand questions, and, and anyway, he... We, we take the, the limo. We get there. 
We're the first two there. Okay. The grand opening. Uh, it's a grand opening. And I got to tell you something. They hired about 40 waitresses from Arizona State University. Ooh. And they were all on. It was just like, hey, you know, just walk in. Uh, what can I get for you? Take an ice cold beer. Yeah. You know, take 10 of your wings, you know. So we're just sitting down and all of a sudden, you know, more people come in. But they brought in three guests. And it was Adrian Peterson. Oh. Okay. Drew Brees. And former Eagle Bryant Westbrook, those were the three that got paid, and that was Peterson's. I, I want to say it was big rookie hitters, year. Man. Yeah, those three came in, and it was a big deal because Peterson's dad was there, and his dad had just gotten out of the pokey. I remember that. Okay, had never watched him play football in, all, in his college career. Or anything. And 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 I went to Peterson because I had been in Chicago. And I actually had him on as he was going to Oklahoma because he made a comment at Oklahoma that he could beat any member of the Dallas Cowboys in the 40. He was either an 18-year-old high school football player or it was after his freshman season at Oklahoma. I don't remember which one it was. But when I was on at night on on either one-on-one or Sporting News Radio, I did an interview with Adrian Peterson, and he just wanted to apologize and all because we were on the ticket at night uh, out of Dallas. Uh, a radio station there is called the Ticket that is that is very popular, and you know he was going to get inundated with autograph re- requests and all that. And guys like me are a dime a dozen to Adrian Peterson, but I just for one minute said, "Hey, you know, a couple years ago, I'm the one who did that interview with you when you apologized about." Saying the Cowboys. You apologize for telling the truth. Right? You you apologize by saying, hey, I don't care if I'm 18 or 19. I can beat any member of the Dallas Cowboys in a 40-yard dash. And he laughed about it. But as I've always said, outside of Artis Gilmore, the handshake of Adrian Peterson mm. is the second hardest handshake mm-hmm. I have ever been on the receiving end of. Okay? I couldn't hold a beer. In my right, I mean, my, I thought I was going to have to go for an MRI. <laughs> this man literally almost broke my hand. And oh my, he was so powerful. Oh. His runs were yeah. insane. Yeah, his dad ten years for uh, laundering drug money. He, um, his only problem wasn't great at catching the ball out of the backfield. That was it. Yeah, as far as a runner, man. Yeah, no doubt. And his knees. Yep, I probably rank him second or third. Behind Barry. And, and, and again, I'm not talking about running backs all the time. I'm talking about running backs who never won a uh, a Super Bowl. You know, Emmett won it. Walter Payton won it. Uh, Gail said, I mean, you know, anyway. Uh, that is my opinion on that. You want to. Uh, I'm going to say Trevor Lawrence, comment? but it's only going to last one year. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's going to happen. 2696 says Baloo walked in. Uh, like the Bunny Ranch on an episode of HBO. Oh, that's an old school show. That is old school. Didn't that big uh, that that big old uh, that big old man? He died like uh, five, six, is- seven years ago. Lex and Terry used to have him on all the time. He was kind of like a Hugh Hefner. No, 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 no. Hugh Hefner's Playboy. Well, what was it? What's he saying? This guy ran the the. Oh, the legal, actual whorehouse. The, the legal, yes. well, I was going to say legal brothel. Brothel, yes. Yeah, legal Probably brothel. Probably a better word for it. Mm, yeah. Um, I don't know. 
But <laughs> but um, I forget his name. He kind of had like What's whitish the name blonde of the hair. It was called the Bunny Ranch, I think. That's what this uh, 2696 says. Yeah, his name Dennis is something. Dennis Hoff. Dennis Hoff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 2018. That was actually a pretty entertaining show when it was on. He was a candidate for uh, the Nevada Assembly, whatever that is. Mm. So he was a politician as well. From what I understand, I have no idea, but I I, I think it's, you know, it's nowhere near Vegas. I, I think it's like literally like in the middle of Nevada. I mean, you got to like. Well, because I, I think that prostitution is legal in every city in Nevada except for Vegas. I don't know. I do not know the answer to that question. But I, from what I understand, to get there. Carson City. It was like a three or four hour trip or something. Jeez. I didn't even know the state was that big. You're out there with nothing but rattlesnakes and tumbling weeds. And prostitution. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I mean, good luck. But, but to me, that sounds a little crazy. Back in the day, hey, what are you doing for vacation? Going to vac- Nah, I'm going to uh, I'm going to the middle of Nevada. Going to try to get myself a new <laughs> going to try to get myself a new belt. Figure out I'm going to knock down a couple rattlers. I heard the sights out there. Pop in at the bunny ranch. Else. It doesn't look like from the outside. It looks like a compound, like a prison almost. Mm. It's uh, started in 1955. 19 mm. what? 55. Well, it is the oldest profession, so. You know, it's been around for a little bit. All right, get me out of here. For crying out loud. Three, two, one. Let's go into the night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. All right, apparently our listeners know exactly where this place is in Nevada, and I'm getting corrected here i said i thought it was maybe three or four hours out of vegas I, i'm told uh it's in uh Pahrump. okay i won't give up the digits here because it sounds like this guy knows exactly where it is uh one and a half hours from vegas so that's not a bad trip I, uh, you know sure i don't know i've uh you know, I've 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 never seen anything like that uh, here. I've seen it in some other countries. There was a, it was one time when I left the hotel uh, in England, Jaguars Hotel, and really, you know, I it, these uh, you know, the guy, you know, guys in the listen, I love them all. The ja- Jaguars Radio Network, they they retire early, you know, you know, and I'm like, listen, I got a little taste. You know, I'm like, it's, it, it was not like of a, that. It was like a Wednesday night or a Thursday night. It's like, I don't have any, you know, I, 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 I'm not on the air again for like 18 hours or like 20 hours. And so I go to some cabbie who didn't speak English. I'm like, you know, take, take me to some place that that's hopping. Take me to some, because they, they shut down the bars in, I mean, England, London is so overrated. It really is. It's, it's. It's not a good time. You know, you may want to go with your loved one and spend a day in Paris and do all that fun stuff. Well, they Have also say that uh, Wembley is so far away from London, like proper. It is. And the hotel is right across the street. But I actually liked it around there because there were a couple hole-in-the-wall dive bars. Mm. And that's kind of my thing. Of course. But on this particular night, I was like, take me to some place that, 
that's hopping a little bit. I, I want to see the sights. And this guy's like talking to me in like sign language and grunting and and doing all this type of stuff. And I and and I'm just like, um, yeah, whatever. And I and and I had been out with you know Frank and others and had a good time. So I I certainly had a few in me. So you know, next thing I do, like in some neighborhood, and we're walking down the um you know walking down the uh, uh sidewalk and it it, it kind of reminded me of Boston where everything as far as like these apartments were literally built into the ground in like basements underneath uh the street so he takes me I'm like we're like in an apartment complex or something. I'm so like, you guys got out of the car. Right, got out of the cabin. I'm like, well, you know, what's going on here, man? I mean, I'm thinking you're taking me to a bar. You know, you're taking me to a club. You know, something that's rocking. Oh, he was taking well, you to a club. No, he, he, all of a sudden it's a, open the door and bam, there's like 15. Wow. And I'm what like. Kind of, it was like, just it looked like a house? It, it, it was an apartment. And, and wow. I was like, I was like, brother, get me out of here are you crazy i don't have that kind of i'm cash. like uh, no it wasn't even the cash first off i've had a girlfriend that i i like an awful lot of secondly course. i'm like local sideline reporter for the jacksonville jaguars caught in a sting in london and i'm like a john but like yeah i was like you got to be kidding me here what did you out of the conversation that we were having what did you not understand about me wanting to have some cocktails and have a good time? You wanted this to guy, have a good time. This guy took me underground, <laughs> okay, to a bordello. You had that look. Oh, man. That lonely look. I was petrified. You talk about sobering. They'll, they'll say the fastest way that you can sober up is when you see those blue lights oh. go on. That's like instant sober. Let me tell you something. When I walked into that, and, and you see I, those red lights, I was like, "You have got to be <laughs> kidding me! Get me out of here!" So anyway, that was a true story. That was pretty scary. Did you end up going to a bar? Oh yeah. Okay. Absolutely. So you did get some drinks. Though. Yeah, yeah. In the team hotel, you know, had a top floor bar that was always kind of good. But I just wanted, you know, I, I this like to go out and see things a little bit. This wasn't the same trip that the boys got in trouble at the, at the club. <sighs> I think that was years later. Because at least if that was the same year, your news article would have been far lower down in the paper than theirs. Yeah, I. Who was that? Was that Fowler? I I honestly don't remember who it was. You know the reason why I don't remember who it was? Because Doug Marone took responsibility. Of for course it. he did. Yeah, London Rain Show it, Club. It rained today. I'm going to take responsibility. That's on me. We hey, got to uh, do better. Hey, Doug, the wide receivers dropped eight balls today. That's on me. Uh, we've got to get better. Oh, I got them right here. Okay, who do you got? Ronnie Harrison, uh-huh. DJ Hayden, and Gerard Wilson were detained. Safety Barry Church was involved, but not detained. Yeah, and that had nothing to do with uh, – that had to do with not paying a it bill. It was money, yeah. 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 I don't know. I – Honestly, a lot of these trips, everything fifty thousand dollars. By the way, how the hell do you spend fifty thousand pounds? Actually, okay, which is even more. How do you spend fifty thousand dollars with like five guys? Uh, now I'm getting all sorts of advice here on uh, 
on online hookups and all that. I'm uninterested, okay? I'm happy. I really am. <laughs> and uh, frankly, I got way too much to lose. I, I just have a feeling that if that ran its circle and came back to the good folks here, <laughs> it probably wouldn't go over too well. <laughs> I, I, need the, I need this gig. I need it for a while longer. So, yeah, I'm going to behave uh, like a good man. No doubt about it. All right. Hey, what's going on with Lord Favre now? Okay. Lord Favre taketh. Lord Favre taketh again. He's getting some payback with the media. And I appreciate that because all I heard over the last six months was how Brett Favre ripped millions of dollars from the hands of these poor Mississippi residents just to build a gym for his stupid daughter and her dumb volleyball team. Mm -hmm. And it ends up. That's not what happened. What I, happened was, oh, go ahead. You know, I, I, right now, I'm under the belief that, that Lord Favre is to blame. If he's suing Shannon Sharp, if he's suing Pat McAfee, and McAfee today said he can't wait to see how this yeah. plays out in court, McAfee's got a ton of money right now. He's got more money than Favre. I, yes, all of a sudden, I've become very interested in this story. So his side of the story, I just gave you the media side. His side of the story is... I got money for paid, or I mean for speaking tours that I didn't do, but I gave it back. I didn't know the money was taken from, you know, this welfare fund or whatever. Like, I didn't know the money that was paying for this gym or whatever at the college was from that. You know, like, it would be like if I bought a car from you, but you stole the car. Like, I don't get in trouble because I have that. It would uh, be like if I asked to go to a club and I ended up in an underground bordello, <laughs> exactly it like really that. wasn't my fault. <laughs> and, and I don't know who to believe, but because the media constantly lies about everything all the time, no matter what oh, the yeah. situation is, I instantly believe Favre. Sorry. Do you? I, like, I find it hard to believe that Brett Favre is in some conspiracy to get money from a welfare fund. Like... <laughs> The guy's made probably $100 million in his life. This is going to be fun to monitor. Yes. Now, the second part of all this is Michael Irvin. Now, a $100 million lawsuit on the accuser and the Marriott stating, this is Michael Irvin now, stating that he is a victim of the cancel culture. So... That story is that he was working for the NFL Network this week, as always, and he was at the Super Bowl in Arizona, and they just said a woman in the hotel lobby filed a complaint against him. They didn't fire him. They just told him, like, hey, you're done for the week, which to me would mean that it wasn't that. Even if what she said was true happened, it wasn't a fireable offense. And in this day and age with Me Too and everything, if it's not a fireable offense, then it must have not been anything. And so now he's so upset about it that, yeah, he, I w- he's suing the hotel, which makes me think that she was probably a, an employee, right? Why do I believe Michael Irving, even though he's got a checkered past? I, when you announce a lawsuit this soon? Like a day later. Yeah, I remember when Jeremy Pruitt tried to sue us, okay, when I spelled out the reasons why he left Florida State in the middle of the night, and he threatened to sue this radio station because of what I said. And guess what? About two weeks later, 
It was ripped up. You know why? Because I was right. Mm. I was correct. You can always threaten to sue someone. But if you have the correct information and you want to go back and start checking phone, cell phones and computers and all that stuff and find out that, that I was right, you're not going to get anywhere. So I think we were honestly kind of disappointed. We were Unfortunately hoping for, for, hoping for a little bit more dis- hoping for a little bit more attention during that story. Uh, um, unfortunately for both guys, yeah, Favre and Irvin, if they are telling the truth, it doesn't matter because this the court of public opinion has already convicted both of them, especially Favre. I mean, twi- you go on Twitter, it's a cesspool, but they have dragged Favre for the last six months about this thing, which no one really knows anything about, of course. No one knows the truth, but they just act like they do. The media involved, of course. I read a story today, I think it was maybe Ohio State, and I I don't want to say the wrong school, but there was a report out today where uh, two players were, I mean, it all happened. They were thrown off the team, the whole nine, and I I want to say it was either sexual assault or it may even have been rape. It was rape, and it was Um, Ohio State, yeah. Right. Acquitted. 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 Both players. No, No mention of it. None. They filmed that she was consenting. Yeah. Again, I, I, I didn't read. I went Generation Z on this one. I didn't read. Didn't it. read the whole article. <laughs> Listen, these guys are nineteen. You know, their lives are ruined. It, it, there's They're no doubt. Off the football team. That was their whole life. Like, remember, remember they th- tried to do it to Dalvin Cook in Tallahassee. Uh, yeah. Do you they, remember Mark Schlereth from all the time? How about Mark Schlereth, who who had a. a, a, a a, a a deep source right inside uh, the the courthouse. I can't remember who it was. I think it was the DA uh, at the time, or, or 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 the yeah the the main prosecutor. The name escapes me. Maybe some Florida State fan will help me out here. But they tried to destroy the name of Dalvin Cook. Mark Schlereth has me blocked to this day because I was told differently, and Schlereth just destroyed. Dalvin Cook. And then when it came out that the whole thing was a fake or that the whole thing was fraud, you almost never hear about it. Listen, there's nothing worse than these actual crimes. But being a victim of something you did not do can destroy your reputation. And how often do you hear about the the girl getting in trouble for false accusations? Never. Mm -hmm. There, There was a USC football player in the early 2000s who literally served time in prison multiple years before they came out and realized the I story remember was that. fake. The linebacker. Yes, yep. and, and she was even in court admitting that she lied about it. Nothing. No. That's scary. It is scary. It because is. Because there's so many real sexual assaults out there, too. Well, being falsely accused of something is... Uh, scary. It is scary. No one's gonna believe you. No, now not nowadays. May, like the people close to you that know you, yes. But like I was saying, the court of public opinion on Twitter—they're never gonna give you the time of day. Yep. All right, final break coming up. Hacker Nation at eight. We'll put our final spin on things uh, right here alongside JJ. My name's Rick Bullitt.
Into the Night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. All right, the 80, 8735 uh, does tell me that it was uh, Willie Meggs. That was a man I was looking for, the name. Tallahassee State Attorney. And uh, he was all in on Jameis, but he also went in on Dalvin. And Mark Schwerth had a direct line to Willie Meggs. And that one totally backfired. So that happened there. Also, uh, back to the scenario in London, the 92-25, even though I know we talked about this ad nauseum, I kind of forgotten about it. He says that's not what happened. Some random people were putting bottles on their tab. So, And they're like, we're not paying for this. Go Got ahead. into it with the management slash bouncers or whatever. I could see that. Because those guys we named weren't exactly the highest paid players on the team. Jared Wilson was an undrafted free yeah. agent. Rodney Harrison, uh, a Tallahassee kid, was what? Was he a third round pick? Who was jettisoned to uh, to, uh, uh, to Cleveland, right? Yep. And yeah, third rounder. Who was he at? Hayden, perhaps? Uh, yeah, I mean, he... Yeah, so... I mean, they... They made a good buck, but Hayden was a first rounder. But they they made a good buck. Where was he? At? Was he with the Chargers as a first rounder? Where, where did he end up going in the first round? I, Oakland. Okay. Still, uh, that's a lot of money. Had his checks. Uh, even though we offered it, we didn't get any invites to the big game party on Sunday. So you and I will take this one in on our it's own. Probably our our just. Anti Me Too takes from last. Yeah, segment. it's probably our stories. Like we don't want these guys anywhere near <laughs> yeah. our families. You know, <laughs> it's probably um, safe. Big story of the day: Chad Hall hired wide receiver coach. Okay, Adam Kaplan, who's very connected, said he is possibly the best wide receiver coach in the NFL. He has spent the last six years in Buffalo. He's from Atlanta. He went to Air Force. All right, graduated there in 2008 from the Air Force. As a player, he spent a couple of years in Philly, 2010 through 2012. Have to look back on the resume of Doug Peterson to see if there was a connection. See if he can find that out for us, JJ, to see if the connection was there in Philadelphia uh, in the years 10, 11, and 12. He went to San Francisco in 2012 as well, Kansas City in 2013. and spent about 10 days here in 2014. And uh, yeah, so the, he was Peterson was the offensive quality control coach and the quarterbacks coach those years. Okay, so we knew him. Yeah, they and worked met together. Um, as a as a coach, he's been the assistant offensive assistant in Buffalo in seventeen and eighteen. The wide receivers coach the years twenty nineteen through twenty twenty two. He was hired today. He is also married to Matt. Stafford's sister. Am I getting that right? Let me read this. Uh, Personal life. Hall's sister, Kelly, yeah, is married to Matthew Stafford. So his sister is married to Matthew Stafford. That makes him the brother-in-law to Matthew Stafford. So he's a young guy. He's 36. And and again, I, I knew, I don't remember him being here. For 10 days in 2014. Yeah, that would have been really impressive if you did. Yep, I knew very little about him uh, as a coach. 
but I, I did talk around with some folks today, including with, uh, with Adam Kaplan, and I'm told this is a fantastic hire overall for the Jaguars. So uh, that is certainly good news there. Uh, I don't think there's any doubt about it. All right, final thoughts. Game, um, if you believe in anything, if you believe in trends, how about this one for you? Mahomes got the MVP last night. The last nine MVP winners to go to the Super Bowl have all lost. Wow. Eight of those are quarterbacks. You got to go back to 1999 when Kurt Warner won the MVP. He won a Super Bowl with the Rams. That is a trend that I am looking at. It is also a trend that I am going against. (laughs) I am picking Patrick Mahomes and Kansas City to win this game tomorrow. On Sunday. Uh, yeah, I agree. I think there's the better quarterback, there's the better coach, and that's all I need. I think the Eagles have been incredibly lucky over the last few months with who they've played quarterback-wise. They've only played two decent quarterbacks. One was Aaron Rodgers. They gave up like 30-something points. One was Dak Prescott, who's not even that great. They gave up like 40-something points. I... I think the Chiefs win, and I think the Chiefs actually win by a couple scores. Hmm. I, I think we'll be close. I, I think I had a 27. I, I think I went 24-21 is what I did on the podcast, which is death taxes and Duval. I hope it's close. Alongside Hayes Carline. All right. Can we confirm whether or not Hacker is coming in? Because if you haven't heard, there was about a five-foot snake running in our building. He was actually in our general manager's office, Steve Griffin, but we've had a five-foot snake, and there's rumors that he's been let out. There's rumors that he has been slithering down the hall. And I heard the word crevice mentioned and saw a tail kind of go in because we have a couple of mouse holes here. Yeah, uh, many. This is an older building. Mm-hmm. Um, the snake has not been killed, but it was escorted from the premises. So Hack's still a little nervous. I wasn't sure if he was going to show up. But there he is right behind me. The Jacksonville Hacker boys are... is here unafraid. Okay, Hacker's petrified. <laughs> uh, Dylan, he's like, I'm from the west side, man. We don't, we don't deal with those. Well, he said there's only one good snake. It's a dead snake. Yeah, he's like, there's no snakes on the west side, man. I don't deal with those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we'll see. A couple right, of manly but, men walking. But in. anyway, uh, we got a snake in the building. All right? <laughs> there you have... We, some will say we have many snakes. In the building, all right? And, but that's a, another story for another day. Folks, have a great weekend. Enjoy the Super Bowl. Should be a lot of fun. Thank you to the Philly Rooster. Thank you to JJ. My name is Rick Ballou. We will talk Monday at 6 o'clock.